All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the premiere episode of the Overcoming Chronic Illness podcast. Uh, my name is Dr. Brian Raid. I am a naturopathic doctor, and I'm very pleased to be joined today by one of my local colleagues here, uh, Dr. Jason Plotsky. Um, he's a doctor of chiropractic, and um, uh, he's going to introduce himself because I, as I said, just before we started recording, I could say lots of really nice things about him, but he can fill in a lot more of the details than I can. Uh, just before I turn over the mic to him, uh, just uh, to clarify everything that we discussed during this podcast episode is for informational purposes only. Nothing should be construed as medical advice. And please consult with your personal healthcare provider before making any medical decisions for yourself. So with that out of the way, um, Dr. Plotsky, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a quick introduction, that would be wonderful. Super quick, and I'm super happy to do this with you, Brian. Um, and we could say lots of nice things about you too. So I'm a practicing chiropractor here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and practice with my wife, Cindy. And uh, we've been here in the city for 19 years. May will be my 20-year practice anniversary. Wow! So I feel like that's a, a big one. And you know, we love practicing here. And one of the best things that I found being uh, I guess in practice, as long as getting to know people like you too, and, and being able to refer and be able to help figure out tricky cases together. Cause I really feel like, you know, we often can't do it by ourselves. So I'm very grateful for having you as a, a referral source and you've helped out, uh, so many of our, our tough, the tough ones. So very happy to uh, do this for you. Well, thank you. And thanks for those words. And yeah, anytime I see, you know, who referred you, it's, you know, someone from Nova Spinal Care. It's like, oh boy, I better make sure I ate my Wheaties that morning. Because, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be an easy referral, but that, that's okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's all good. We trust you a lot. Oh, well, thank you. And, and yeah. ditto. Um, yeah, I send my challenging cases your way too. Actually, I just referred somebody today and uh, she's quite a quite a doozy of a case. So good good luck with that. <laughs> I, I refer like slightly guiltily sometimes like, oh, this is not going to be an easy one, but yeah, you know, that's what that's we're okay. here for. So Exactly. Um, well, uh, Jason, I know that you work with a lot of patients suffering from complex chronic illnesses like fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome. And I'm just wondering, like outside of those you know, types of diagnostic labels, um, could you just uh, mention some of the other types of conditions that your chronic illness patients have been diagnosed with beyond, say, fibro or CFS? And like broad scope chronic illness or like even like chronic spinal stuff? Um, I think more within the context of folks with like, um, not so much like, oh, complex spinal things, but more like folks who have uh, diagnoses, like say, like the fibro, the chronic fatigue, yeah. uh, rheumatoid arthritis, um, that kind of thing. Um, I think yeah, some of the autoimmune, like there's, there's a lot of things and I'd actually, there's stuff that comes to me from other practitioners that they actually don't even have labels. So you would probably give them the proper label. And for me, I just often, uh, we call them sensitive, <laughs> right? So they're, they're people that, you know, they've tried lots of different things. They're sensitive to almost, you know, any intervention. And, uh, in the chiropractic world, there's those people are really tricky because I find they're, um, you know, you have to not start too quickly and you have to have a big bag of tricks. And, uh, I find some of my colleagues too, will send those types of people to me and I, and often I can't help them either, but, um, you would have named the, the top two or three for sure. Um, I think people use the fibromyalgia term a little less, but if I think back 10 or 15 years, that was a lot of the people we would see or, um, people that had like 
chronic, just even chronic pain. They would just be labeled with chronic pain and, and people not know what was going on and they would be referred. They might've had two or three car accidents um, and their, their body now is just exhibiting all kinds of weird, you know, almost neurological type symptoms. Um, I know a lot of the folks who follow me on social media and will likely be listening to this type of podcast, they'd probably have diagnoses like, or, or wondering about diagnoses like, say, chronic Lyme disease or other chronic infections, <laughs> chronic Epstein-Barr virus, uh, mold illness, um, heavy metal toxicity. Um, do you have, uh, amongst your more complex cases, do you have patients who have those types of labels? Well, and they probably have some of those things and they uh, probably haven't had them, you know, diagnosed properly, I guess, if you will. I find that I will see a lot of the people, if they haven't seen you or people like you, like if they haven't seen a naturopathic doctor, I find that I know something's up, but I don't have necessarily the tools or the skill set that can probably, you know, properly diagnose them. So it'd be um, conversation might go like, okay, let's do this, this, and this because it makes sense. But at the same time, let's try and get you here so that you can see if there's something else that um, you should be doing. So I don't see a ton of like the, the people that um, either have those labels or, you know, it would be a smaller percentage, I think, of my caseload now than it might have been years ago. Um, you know, I don't know if that's COVID related or whatever I've, I've seen. Um, it's also it's challenging too, when you've, you've got a bit of a wait list maybe for people to get in and maybe they go somewhere else. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, they are tricky, you know, and I, I, I know a lot of the times when, whenever those people that we co care for, when they make progress, oh my gosh, it's like, it's amazing. Right. And I'm always amazed that they, they've been struggling for so many years and just amazed at the human body. If you give it the, the right, the right things that it can still recover or even partially recover. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, well, let's say, um, just using the labels of say fibromyalgia or CF, like, yeah. uh, you know, <clears throat> myalgia kind of stuff yeah. on my slash CFS. Um, and then assuming that, you know, many of those folks probably have some of those underlying diagnoses like mold or Lyme or metals or what have you. Um, so sort of within that subset of your patient population, um, um, are there, uh, let me, sorry, just uh, trying to read my question list here. Um, first, first interview. So here, here we go. Um, right. So, um, in terms of the other patient or the folks that you do work with that have those chronic illness labels, um, like CFS or fibromyalgia, um, in addition to the treatments that you offer, um, what kind of therapies do they typically come in saying like, oh, I'm seeing, you know, X, Y, or Z other clinician, like whether it's an acupuncturist or it's a mm -hmm. physio or it's an, a naturopathic doctor, or, or maybe a functional medicine doctor or whatnot. What are the types of therapies that uh, outside of what you offer that, um, those patients say they typically benefit from? Yeah. So usually say the fibro group, they almost always have a massage therapist, but they, they're, they're typically very sensitive to, you know, massage techniques. Um, I see a lot of those people often have maybe an osteopath as well. And the way we take care of folks where everything's on the very gentle end on the chiropractic spectrum, or we're not using manipulative techniques in our clinic, um, those people tend to do well with what we do. And usually with uh, massage, they don't typically do fantastic with like deep, heavy elbow type pressure. Mm -hmm. um, 
So besides like naturopath, we, we always hope that they're seeing somebody like that because that for me, it makes my job so much easier, right? Because I, I'll, I now have like a pretty long checklist, but if I know they're seeing naturopath that takes a lot of the checklist away, mm-hmm. right? So typically I don't see a lot of people here who have a, like a, you know, actual functional medicine doctor or um, say a family uh, practitioner that is deep into that stuff. I don't think there's a lot of people around here, so I wouldn't see a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Some acupuncture, I, I think Nova Scotia is quite conservative with a lot of that stuff. So I still have a lot of people asking me like, does acupuncture actually work? Is that something <laughs> I should try? I'm like, uh-huh. listen, we've, we've had uh, Dr. Michael here in our clinic for you know, like over a decade. And some of the stuff that he can do is just amazing with acupuncture. So I would say, you know, um, most of those people have tried stuff like physio. A lot of them have a massage therapist or they've tried osteo. Um, Most of them have tried one or even two chiropractors. So there's usually a pretty long list, like Mm -hmm. once they come in. Great. Mm -hmm. And in terms of say non like physical therapies, like would they frequently say, oh, when I changed my diet, that seemed to help. Or, you know, yeah. I've, I don't know, like, I know in my practice, like, if I had to list one supplement that's made the most impact for the most people, you know, it's probably magnesium, for example, like that's, you know, a bit yeah, yeah. more common game changer than like molybdenum or chromium or something like that. So are there just any like little things like kind of non-physical therapies that come to mind where it's like, oh, when I'm doing the intake with someone, it's like, oh, they mentioned that X, Y, or Z seem to have been, uh, just more like more common things that are helpful or things that are more commonly helpful yeah and usually they would have i think um the intakes take a little longer with those people because they do have a long list of things they've tried and even like you said magnesium it's like they've tried six different forms of magnesium (laughs) from six Uh different companies right and there's one that does the best for them Mm -hmm. or they have a very i find they have very particular you know set or subset of things that work for them Mm -hmm. and um, usually if you can find what I found is that if you can find something that works well for them, it's like, it, it will typically work quite well for a period of time, but a hundred percent. Yeah. They'll have, you know, like a long list of whether it's homeopathics or different herbs or the right concoction of those things, or, um, mm-hmm. absolutely. There's always a pretty long list. Mm-hmm. Um, and just maybe circling back a little bit, I might've put the cart before the Mm -hmm. horse a bit, jumping into these questions. Um, would you mind just quickly speaking to the, um, uh, type of chiropractic technique that you work with? Yeah. So, um, we got trained in Iowa at Palmer college of chiropractic. And so when you're there, you learn, you learn a, a toolbox, if you will. And one of the techniques that you learn in the core curriculum is an upper cervical adjusting technique. Uh, that they used to use like in the 20s and 30s and 40s. So a lot of people think, oh my gosh, that's so old school. But um, there was and there was a chiropractor who was an engineer as well that developed, you know, a more refined version in the 60s. And so he labeled it NUCA, N-U-C-C-A. So when we graduated, I was primarily, that was like 90% of what I did with um, my patients in my, uh, extern clinic at the school and we did a preceptor program and that's the chiropractor I went to work with. That was 98% of what he did. Um, so when Cindy and I came out of school and Cindy did her training, uh, also at Palmer, but we did intern programs at different, um, states. She did hers in Oklahoma. 
And I went to see, you know, where she was working and it was unbelievable because people were traveling four, five, six, seven, eight hours, like each wow. direction. Sometimes there wow. were students from Iowa that were driving to Oklahoma to see this guy. Wow. And so, you know, I had heard about it because there were some Canadian chiropractors from, um, or chiropractic students from Calgary asking me like, Oh, have you heard of Nuka and this? And I'm like, no. So when I looked into it, it really spoke to me. Um, when I was adjusted the first few times I was laughing because, you know, it's like you're barely putting pressure here at the top of your neck. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first day, like it felt like somebody had literally picked my head up an inch and I could turn it more. And I was a person with chronic low back pain, which is always the interesting, you know, connection between how the body's so interconnected. And by working on my neck, it really helped my low back. I mean, it didn't like fix it by any means because I, I had already started chiropractic school with some degeneration in my spine just from so many years of baseball. Mm -hmm. But the upper cervical technique um, opened my mind to uh, possibilities of how you know, we can work with people in many different ways and that there's no right way. There's no one way, but this for us, it just spoke to us in different ways for me from a mechanical point of view, or, you know, I could literally look at a, a person's posture or an x-ray and, and you can literally decide, okay, this needs to be less tilted, or, you know, you could posturally see with people if the head was tilted one way that one shoulder was higher or lower, or the hips were higher or lower. And very early on in our practice, we were seeing pretty amazing things from just primarily working um, with the alignment of the upper neck, because if that got sorted out, it would have these interconnected, you know, uh, other adjustments. So you could work with the pelvis with some of these people by just gently working with the neck if you could move things in the right direction. So, you know, from there, we took some other techniques because we, we still struggled with some of these difficult cases. So we've, we practiced some instrument adjusting techniques. So um, activator is very common chiropractic technique that people will learn. And there's um, torque release is another instrument adjusting technique. And these things work more with um, the nervous system than they do like moving bones per se. So there's no cracking or popping with any of those techniques. And I'd say in the last eight to 10 years, I started getting more of these like really chronic low back disc issues, very complicated um, stenosis, sciatica, a lot of these like difficult to treat and very sensitive uh, to treat kind of conditions. So we invested in some technologies. Um, so we have decompression therapy here. We use flexion distraction tables. So these are tables that, you know, someone lays face down and the table gently separates. So you can, you know, really work with chronic either facet conditions or chronic disc conditions. And again, there's no cracking, popping or twisting. So um, it's, you know, people that love the traditional adjustment, they probably don't love what we do. Um, but people that don't love the traditional adjustment usually get along really well with our kind of, you know, more gentle method. Mm -hmm. So that's a long answer to your question. <laughs> it's a good answer. But we do lots of different things, right? So it's, it's all hands-on and it's, mm -hmm. it's really... You know, I, I like to think when I see a new patient that there's there's probably a technique or a series of techniques or a combo of techniques that's going to work well for them. And that's what I really enjoy in practice still, like after all this time is trying to figure out what works well with each patient because it's never the same. And you could have two spines that look exactly the same on an x-ray and they respond completely different to different modalities. So it always keeps us on our toes. That's for sure. 
I, I have lots of empathy for you because it's the same yeah. in my world, different exactly. uh, playing field, but yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and just uh, speaking from firsthand experience where you've treated me several times over the years, um, you know, it's just, it barely feels like you're touching me. And yet, you know, it's, uh, there's definitely like, there's a very obvious, uh, physical impact. You know, I notice it shortly yeah. afterwards. Um, I, I'm really sensitive to changes in my body. So I feel things like on the table, but even just objectively, as you were saying, like I range emotions better, this and that. So it's, yeah. it's pretty profound. And like, as, uh, as you're saying, like just barely touching, like it's, it's, I mean, it's, and it's not, it's not so subtle that, um, and I know I'm just saying this for folks listening, obviously, you know what you do, but just, you know, as, mm -hmm. as a, um, person who's been your patient, um, it's not as subtle as say, you know, folks who might do something like maybe craniosacral technique where it's like, Oh, yeah. like, or you're just barely grazing me. Like there, there is some pressure, but it's yeah. so incredibly non-invasive. Um, my wife brings our four-year-old and six-year-old to, and she's been taking them to see Cindy for, you know, at least a few years now. And like, just mm -hmm. not even a hint of concern about, you know, the, the, uh, quote unquote aggressiveness of the therapy, like right. yeah. do it on a baby, like just really, really gentle, which I really appreciate. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it takes that, you know, the safety issue, like right off the table. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we're working with people, like we know, like we, there's people, obviously we can't help and there's people that we've tried to help and that didn't get help. And we always feel, you know, it, it, it always sucks when you try really hard. Right. Same mm -hmm. for you, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, the safety issue is just, it's good to get that out of the way. And I like, like, I'm kind of nerdy, you know, I like to visually see, um, postural changes. I have people stand on two scales so I can, you know, we can get those things to change without, um, using a lot of pressure or force, which is really hard to believe. And if I didn't have those tools here, sometimes I would find it hard to believe that it's moving or changing, but mm -hmm. again, before and after, um, maybe not every adjustment, but every other adjustment, or in a lot of cases before and after like an adjustment, you can, you know, I can put someone on two scales um, see that they're off to one side by 10, 15, 20, 30 pounds sometimes. And mm -hmm. we can get them not perfect, but often within a percent or two of their body weight. Mm -hmm. And then if you can figure out how to keep it there, then over time, it's unbelievable what the, what the human body can do when you remove that type of physical stress. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, it's pretty, pretty profound. And mm -hmm. um, I, I really um, appreciate having you folks like just so close down the road to our clinic. It's so convenient. Yeah, it is great. Uh, we're like, like dis distance wise. Yeah, we're yeah. pretty, pretty much neighbors. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and it's just really great because I've had so many patients where, as you were touching on earlier, like they're just so very sensitive to things like, you know, sensitive to supplements and foods and this and that. And, and, you know, sometimes they've, you know, maybe had um, a less than favorable experience with traditional, more traditional, like manipulative types of chiropractic, or they're just nervous about things justifiably so. And so it's really great to be able to say, if you go see Jason or Cindy, like there, it's going to barely feel like they're touching you. It's very, very gentle. They have lots of other tools and gizmos, which I'm going to pick your brain about in a minute. Um, That's fine. But it's really great. And then there, as you were alluding to, there's other patients where like, you just know that they much prefer a more, you know, sort of traditional chiropractic approach. And so I have my folks I refer to for that. And it's, exactly. it's just really yeah. nice to have the spectrum of, uh, of options. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. And same for me, like our front desk staff is trained too. Like if we have people that are transferring, moving, and mm -hmm. they're just like, Oh, you're the closest chiropractor. And, and because 90, whatever percent of our patient base is referred. So we do get the odd person that either 
you know, walks upstairs because they're on a walk or they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're just moved into the neighborhood. And those people, we have a list too of friends of mine that are, you know, within five kilometers of here. So mm-hmm. we know we're not the, you know, we're not the end all be all, but for the people that, you know, have struggled, we can definitely be a good option. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. And, and one, one question I have for you is a, you know, with my um, social media following, um, yeah. I, I know there's folks from, you know, all over North America, some from other places in the world too. And I'm just wondering if someone listening to this thinking like, Oh my gosh, like I want to see Dr. Plotsky or Dr. Toner, but I don't live in beautiful Nova Scotia. Um, if they want to find someone who practices in an analogous way, is there any, are there certain keywords they should look for on a person's website or the NUCA website is a good place to start. So like N U C C A dot org, you know, and they have a listing of, of chiropractors in North America and, and abroad that practice like the gentle upper cervical technique. Um, We also did some extra training with a doc in Atlanta, Dr. Russell Friedman. So his technique is called QSM3. So he also has a website and a listing of practitioners. um, And his is just like an offshoot. So there's a lot, there's, there's, um, you know, there's there's a, a bunch of different chiropractic techniques that are very gentle. Um, the way we practice is just, uh, those would be the best places to start, mm-hmm. but thankfully there's always options for people, right? Mm-hmm. So even just Googling like gentle chiropractic sometimes, um, and then the name of the city, then mm-hmm. you'll often get a start activator technique is like very gentle, right? So right. they would have a list of practitioners and people that are certified. I think torque release technique has that as well, mm-hmm. like a listing of people that have taken courses at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. I'll um, mm-hmm. put those links in the, the show notes and yeah. so folks want to check that great. out, but that's, yeah. that's great. Um, yeah. Just out of curiosity, are you still using the arthrostim? Yes. Love yeah. like okay. all the time. It's yeah. right here <laughs> and they're fantastic. So again, the instrument adjusting techniques, I mm-hmm. love them. And mm-hmm. um, especially when you're thinking about, again, in a, in a concept of not necessarily moving a bone, but in terms of stimulating the nervous system in a certain way or in a certain area, um, that can be really profound for people too, in terms of, you know, say trying to enhance the effects of the parasympathetic nervous system versus say the sympathetic nervous system. Like you can actually with the, these instrument adjusting techniques, I think that's also part of how they work is that they help, you know, reduce that sympathetic tone in the body, which, you know, has these, profound effects on, on everything else. So yes, I use that a lot and we test it out with people, right? So if someone's like ultra, I've had ultra sensitive people do fine with, you know, mechanical um, instrument adjusting or, you know, cupping or scraping or things that are like soft tissue based. And I've had other people, you can't even touch them with stuff like that because it will just set them off. Um, But sometimes it's like, it's an option. So I'll try it and, um, just let them know, like, this is something we can use. We don't have to use it. It's worked on other patients. So I'm always just trying to gauge a person's body and not try and overdo it. Mm-hmm. I think that's something I've learned with that patient base too, is that, um, more is not necessarily better, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to force or, you know, working on areas of the spine. It's just sometimes keeping it very simple can still have a very profound effect on the body. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so for those patients where, you know, you need to take that less is more kind of approach, like that ultra gentle approach. Um, I, I know you folks use a frequency specific microcurrent and you have laser mm -hmm. and you have PEMF, yeah. which is pulse electromagnetic yeah. field therapy. So yeah. um, of those other gadgets and gizmos that you've been accumulating over the course of time, I've noticed, yeah. um, you know, what are, what are some of the ones that you found to be the most helpful for folks that are in more of that, like fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue yeah. sort of umbrella? Yeah. Well, and we've got the, uh, a lot of the red light systems now too. So mm -hmm. I've, I've found that to be, I'll try that first because I find with a lot of those folks, the infrared, like the, the heat from the infrared is just very soothing to their nervous system. And the red, even though it's bright, um, you know, and they can wear goggles or glasses or whatever they want, but I find the anti-inflammatory effects of the red light are really strong. Like I've been using laser in our practice since... 2006. Mm -hmm. And so we took a course from Lance Armstrong's chiropractor and he was here in Nova Scotia doing a training and, um, he did some really cool things in a very short amount of time with laser. Mm -hmm. And he said, if anyone's interested, you know, I have this course and I bought that. And that's actually how I found out about the frequency specific microcurrent because he was traveling with that, with these athletes, these mm -hmm. world-class athletes, in France and Italy, and he had them hooked up to laser. He had them hooked up to um, frequency specific microcurrent. And at mm -hmm. nighttime, he had them grounded. He was mm -hmm. telling us stories how he would like take copper wires and like put them in the earth and then put those underneath the mattresses of the athletes to ground nice. them at nighttime. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. I remember asking him, like, is any of this stuff in like papers or is it like, you know, valid? He's like, when you're in my position working with world-class athletes, you have to be ahead of the curve. And so, you know, he taught us, he taught me FSM and he taught me about the laser systems. And so we still use like, got, you know, that, the, the black laser there, like right. that's an Arconia laser that we have been using for, you know, well over 10 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, while the red lights newer to the practice in the last year, We've had FSM since 2006 as well. And so um, those types of things that are very specific, I find them very interesting, but they too can also be super overwhelming for the body. Like even on the lowest setting, I find the FSM for some people, it, could, it can be amazing because it targets the tissue specifically that you want. And in the same breath, because it targets that tissue so specifically, even on the lowest setting, which is like, one one thousandth uh, uh, of like, you know, there's so little electrical current going through. It's like one one thousandth of a light bulb, mm -hmm. but it can be enough to set off the nervous system. Mm -hmm. So we try it. And so basically I try and read people based on, you know, what has worked, what have they tried? And I just always start in small amounts and we'll work up. But I would say for if someone came in today and what I'm doing today is different than I was doing last year or even two years ago, mm -hmm. I do try them on the PEMF machine. Um, we've got the big, you know, circular magnet ones that because most of the stuff we would see, we can stick their body part of concern inside or usually it's their head because we're really trying to, you know, have effect on the central nervous system. Mm -hmm. Then I can turn my PEMF down to like, on my setting, like 1% or 2% of its max. And for some of those people, that's too much. And for other people, it just, that is the thing that really resonates with their body and their nervous system. And they do really, really well with it. So I just, I tried 
I try different things and I try one thing at a time. I find that that's good. So if, if I try on day one, um, like a test adjustment, then see how they were on day two. On day two, if that was okay, I'll try a test adjustment and maybe like a minute or two of laser or a minute or two of red light. And even though it's like so small, you're probably not making a big physiological change. It's enough to test, right? And then on day three, if that was okay. And so for me, I kind of layer things and mm -hmm. try and figure out, okay, what is gonna be the real concoction that's gonna help this person the most? FSM is quite complicated to me. So I usually leave that to the end where Cindy kind of jumps to it. Mm -hmm. So we practice a little bit differently that way. I like to, I like to think of things that I know for sure are having a physiological effect. So if I stick somebody in front of the red light, I know it's doing something, right? They may not feel it, but it's definitely doing something. With FSM, they have to be hydrated. You have to know, you have to have the right setting picked. So it, it takes a little bit more digging and you got to be really sure that you have the right setting. Mm -hmm. And on the PEMF machine, if I put somebody in at a certain frequency, then I know it's having an effect on the system. And um, lots of studies that, you know, have been done on, you know, mitochondrial function and ATP. So if we're trying to make a change at a cellular level, which I think we're always trying to do, mm -hmm. when I put somebody in front of a red light or after an adjustment, I use the PEMF. I know it's doing something, whether they can feel it or not. That makes sense. And so, with that yeah. type of with that type of approach, like say, if you're just doing, I'm paraphrasing here a bit, but if you're kind of just doing like yeah. a little bit more, like a, a new thing each time, yeah. Like our folks coming in, like how how often are they coming in um, to see you? Kind of in those, like let's say someone's, you know, super Early, sick, brand new like, patient. Yeah. Brand new patient. They're like super sick, like super sensitive, yeah. you know, like debilitating yeah. chronic fatigue or something like that. Um, like yeah. how, how often are you ideally getting them in? Once or twice a week. Mm -hmm. So, you know, once a week I find if someone's like uber sensitive and they can't, you can only do so much and it takes them two or three days to recover. Well, then it's, it's like doing a workout too close together. You don't mm -hmm. actually receive any benefit. I find, yeah. um, some of those patients, I might adjust them once a week and then bring them in another time a week and just do a modality right. and test that with their body. Mm -hmm. And some of those people actually do okay with that. Mm. So if I can find, I guess my job in the beginning is I'm trying to find the adjustment protocol that's going to work with them, but I'm also trying to maybe find a modality that will help speed up the healing process, but also not screw it up mm -hmm. because sometimes I go through the modalities and, they're sensitive to all of it. And then I just go back to, okay, I'm going to do try and give them the perfect chiropractic adjustment if there's such a thing mm -hmm. and just like let their body and their nervous system, just take that sort it out, you know, work on the healing process. And, you know, hopefully they have somebody like you in their back pocket and, and figure out any other, you know, uh, conjunctive therapies or anything else that might help them out. Right. Um, but usually twice a week, I find is like a sweet spot for most mm -hmm. people. If somebody comes in and if it's more like chronic spinal stuff, I will see occasionally some of those people three times a week, but same thing. Like sometimes they're just recovering from their last session. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's a fine line between, you know, creating momentum and, you know, really not giving their body a chance to respond. Right. So I try and read that a little bit, but usually two times a week is a sweet spot to start. 
And just to, to clarify for folks listening, a modality is like, you know, using a tool like the PEMP for the red light or FSM or, or whatnot. Yeah. So just, just like an adjunctive therapy, something yeah. over top of their adjustment. And for some of those people, um, and I do manage a, like a lot of my caseload, um, I have a very wide scope, everyone from kids on my baseball team to, you know, 85 year old, you know, uh, people with scoliosis. So some of those people, if they're really sore too, I find like I can bring them in for additional adjunctive therapies and I might not be able to see them just the way my schedule is, or just like I'm booked and, but mm -hmm. if I, they could benefit from something like that. I found that to be working really well lately as well. If somebody's, you know, chronic or they're in a flare up, cause we mm -hmm. see a lot of those people then mm -hmm. sometimes doing a red light, like two or three days in a row is okay. Even if I can't see them each time right. as a car, like with a chiropractic adjustment. So that right. sometimes helps people too. Right. Which yeah. uh, just out of curiosity, which, uh, like, cause when you're saying red light therapy, like you're referring to yeah. like led red light, not laser. Yeah. Like BioLight, platinum, yeah. which, yeah. which, uh, oh. which system do you have? Just like we, we have a BioLight at our clinic. I was just curious. Yeah. Oh yeah. You have a couple of them. Yeah. Okay. I have like, um, we, we have both. So I've like the small bio lights mm -hmm. that we test out. I have the large platinums. Those have been working really well. Okay. Um, I have a small bio light at home and a large platinum that sits on the back of my, uh, bathroom door. So I'll do, uh, like cold shower, red light kind of combos. Um, you know, really helpful. I find a big difference if I don't do it in the morning, mm -hmm. if I do red light in the morning, um, like mentally I can tell, and I feel like it's changed. It's helped with my vision. Like I, you know, I'm turning 47 this month. So I'm, I'm not going to say that, a, Oh, everything's going downhill, but my wife would laugh at me. Cause I would, you know, she put something in my face and I'd have to like back up to read it. And I found since I've been doing, um, cause they sent something out, they said like two minutes, you know, for, uh, like visual things it can be very right. helpful. So I've been doing that and it, it definitely, has made a difference. And cognitively for me, I just feel more alert. Like I try and do a really good job of like getting outside in the morning. Um, but if there's mornings I can't do that, I'm feeling a little slow and groggy, go in front of the red light and I feel like a million bucks after five minutes. That's great. What yeah. for the, mm -hmm. uh, for the vision treatment, like I'm assuming you're not looking at the light. You can, I just don't look directly. Oh, okay. so, um, you know, I'll look like off to the side a little bit, oh, okay. but, um, the last thing I think either BioLite or platinum sent something and it was like a protocol. It was like two minutes a day. Okay. Red light was, you know, it helped with a bunch of things and, um, visual acuity being one of them. Huh. Interesting. Well, yeah. I'm gonna have to give that a try yeah. with ours. Cause yeah, I, um, yeah. I, I did not get that memo. If it was from BioLite, I didn't get the memo, but that's, it might've been really from platinum. Then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was cool. just like this last month. So. I remember seeing that in the BioLite, like in their, in their book, like in their protocols book. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Yeah. They've got about a million protocols in there. Um, exactly. They yeah. just crank them out all the time, but yeah. Um, well, I just have a couple more questions for you if you're still no okay for yeah. time. Um, so so yeah. um, earlier uh, where I was asking you, you know, are there certain treatments that um, folks with chronic illness have, you know, more better uh, benefited from on average, maybe more than others. Um, I'm, I'm also wondering, are there therapies, whether they're physical therapies or certain supplements or certain, you know, non-physical treatment approaches, shall we say that you found either interfere with the work that you do or that you find patients just don't really seem to benefit from like kind of, you know, swings and misses, um, just out of curiosity. 
I think, um, and there may be things that interfere. I try really hard in our practice. Like I remember there would be, I would go watch these Nuka doctors, you know, like I watched, I've had 10 or 15 people work on me and it always feels different, which is always amazing to me too. Mm. Like these people that, you know, we're supposed to all have the same training and all this, but, um, and I would, some of these people would hand out things and they'd be like, you know, having their people like back into the parking lot so they wouldn't turn their head after an adjustment and don't get your hair washed and don't do this oh, wow. and don't do that. Oh, wow. It was a pretty long list. And so like, I know how sensitive this area is, but I don't want people to feel like it's that sensitive where they can't, you know, live their life. Right. Mm -hmm. And I definitely have some people that like, like they'll will work on them and they'll do something small and like lose their correction somehow. Mm. Um, so I try and, and early on in practice, we were pretty particular about doing massage first and then an adjustment so that I would be the last person to touch them, so to speak. So like there's, there's, you know, compensatory muscular things that will happen after an adjustment. And sometimes that's not always a bad thing, right? So if somebody's, you know, chronically shifted a certain way and their muscles are used to being a certain way and we can help them get to a new way, those mm -hmm. muscles are going to function differently. And sometimes we, you know, used to think, okay, we don't want to mess with that. Um, I think it's less like that now. I don't find that, um, like I never, I can't remember the last time I said, oh, geez, like Mrs. Jones, I got you great. And then this person screwed you up. You know, like, why did you do that? I think people mm -hmm. screw themselves up. Like they'll, they'll do silly things and not take breaks from something and put themselves in bad positions and drive, you know, too much without taking breaks. Like I think people do that, but in terms of, you know, like a supplement or a modality or, you know, besides traction or things to the spine, um, there's, there's not a lot that a person would do that. I would come back and say, well, why'd you do that? You screwed it up. Mm -hmm. So um, in terms of swings and misses, I think, man, you could, you would know more about the supplement side of things than me. I am very basic. So if I have a patient that hasn't seen you or another naturopath, like we're checking for magnesium for sure. We're checking for omega-3 status. We're checking for vitamin D. Um, we're checking for general, you know, like what do you normally eat? Um, I'll ask people what they eat for breakfast, those types of things. I'll check on their water, you know, make sure they're hydrated these days you know, electrolytes seem to be, you know, really important for people. Mm. But beyond that, um, you know, probiotics or something else, if they have a lot of like digestive issues, but I don't go through like a, a 20 list of um, supplements. Mm -hmm. I find homeopathic things for people would be maybe one of those swing and miss things, mm -hmm. but not something that would interfere. I'm just always interested and curious. Like if someone comes in and they say, I took this homeopathic and I was whether they say they were terrible or amazing, I'm always interested. Sure. Like, wow. Cause that's almost nothing. <laughs> and it did that, <laughs> you know? So, mm -hmm. um, on a nutritional kind of component, again, we're just trying to, we call them like the five essentials. And so we try to make sure that people have those bases covered. And if they need more or different things, that's always where we leave you guys to, to make those types of recommendations. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe the homeopathic stuff, I, I know very, very, small amounts of it. Um, so I don't usually recommend a ton of that stuff, but if, if, uh, they haven't tried it, then, you know, we'll send them down to the health food store, um, back to you guys and see if there's anything else out there that might be helpful. Mm -hmm. Great. 
Um, and so for folks who are within driving distance of your clinic, um, aside from working with you or with Cindy one-on-one, are there any other ways that you work with folks who are, you know, uh, in, in Nova Scotia and surrounding area? Yeah. So like, especially lately, like after COVID, um, we just found it really challenging to, to, to get any health information out there that wasn't, you know, COVID related. So mm. I started recording some content and, and longevity to me, it means something it's different for everybody, but a lot of my patients, you know, I'm watching them and looking at them going, are you going to be able to do the things that you want to do in five years or 10 years or 15 years, you know? And so I have a lot of patients over 40, over 50. And so over the years, we started to try and compile these, I call them checklists. So just things that I would love my patients to be able to do. And after COVID, we started recording some of those things. So I created a low carb, you know, like a nutrition program that I think is really good for people, like as a basic intro to, um, you know, what I would say is a, a general safe nutritional approach for lots of different folks. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad died of, you know, heart, heart disease, secondary to diabetes. So, I'm, you know, I would put myself still in that insulin resistance kind of category. So I tend to continue to eat that way. And then, um, you know, as, as you did, I experimented with the keto uh, you know, diet for a while. So I recorded some content around that, that I think is good. But now what we really try and do is, um, you know, this longevity Academy is something that we created last year and it's, it's a, it's still in its beta group, but, um, it's an online learning platform where I go in once a month like this, like on zoom and I do live Q and a, I have a community manager. So she's there answering questions and I have a ton of content that's basically, uh, in six different pillars. So I've recorded content on nutrition and this basic supplementation, um, mobility. So like different stretches, different exercise protocols. I have information there on sleep. And then my last one, it's kind of the big one is like stress management. So those are what I would kind of focus on with our patient group, those six pillars. And like I was telling you, I'm writing, like currently writing a book Mm -hmm. um, that's focused on those six pillars, but also about the mindset. So we try and talk to our patients, um, you know, a little bit about that in the practice, because I find, as you probably find too, if somebody comes to you with, they've had chronic illness for ever, you know, there's a certain mindset that's going to be required for them to get past things, or there's a certain mindset that they're going to need if they improve for a period of time and then they crash, mm-hmm. right? Like they, they have to, you have to coach people. And so what I found with some of these people that were from a distance or, you know, my uh, patient's sister, like some of these people are in that group and it's a low cost, you know, it's like less than $30 a month kind of program. And we can answer questions and, and it's all the non-chiropractic stuff that I want my patients to be able to, to do. And uh, we encourage, you know, our patients, if they're, if they're the type of people that like learning and they can handle the online platform, and that's definitely not for everybody because mm-hmm. I think people got Zoomed out after um, COVID a little bit. Oh, yeah. But we post new content in there. We answer questions. We do live Q&A. And, um, you know, next year they can grab the book. Amazing. Um, if they yeah. uh, want, if they want to access, or well, you said it's in the beta phase. Like, can, can folks? Yeah. So, like, drjasonplotsky.com. Okay. So I have like, not not just the Nova Spinal Care website, but drjasonplotsky.com is where those online programs live. I also put together like a men's health program that I recorded. It was a live workshop. 
it's it's over a year old, but the content there I think is really good. Like if if you had somebody that was like, yeah, I want to improve my health, mm -hmm. and you know that like what should I do? Or it, it was basically a synopsis of the the non complicated things that I do, like just things about sleep and workout regimes, and I recorded some you know basic mobility patterns for hips, shoulders, low back, things that I would want you know my patients to be able to do. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put that website in the show notes as well. And, uh, I remember yeah. uh, it was out on your, the sign out by the Sante center. Um, the, this, yeah. uh, uh, Jason works, uh, well, uh, um, owns this amazing complex that has, you know, his clinic, physio clinic, um, our favorite farmers market, um, amazing health food store, coffee shop. Like it's just, it, it's a little Mecca. It's, it's an amazing spot uh, right around the corner from where I live, which we're very thankful we built yeah. it because it really saves us a lot of driving. Uh, my wife's in there yeah. like at least a few times a week picking stuff up. So it's, it's great. But I remember it being out there on the, you know, the, the sign that you folks have like, Oh, Dr. Jason Plotz. Yeah. And so, yeah. So anyways, yeah. Well, and I, I mean, you know, I, I think there's a lot of information out there and mm -hmm. this is one of the obstacles that I think is like when people are looking for things is like, who do you trust? Right. So, um, I'm not the person that, that, uh, I don't have the end all be all right. So all I'm trying to put together for people is like a list and, and, a I guess a protocol in a way. So I've kind of developed in that longevity Academy, like a step-by-step -step type approach of here's here's a quiz first of all let's see where you are and mm -hmm. then based on the quiz results we basically classified people into a couple different groups so like a really basic group and something that's a little more advanced mm -hmm. and then things that you and i would like to nerd out and talk about you know those those people um they're almost like beyond what's in the academy mm -hmm. so it's really like i have patients that don't know a lot about nutrition they don't exercise a lot they're not at the gym at all like that's you know, we call those people like they're your level one. Okay. So here's what you need to focus on. If you're in this group, you know, mm -hmm. these are the things that will probably make the biggest impact with the least amount of time. Mm -hmm. And then once you learn those things, we can transition you to level two, which has more things to learn mm -hmm. more complicated things. Um, but still, if you looked at what was in there, you'd be like, Oh, these are great basic things. Like everybody should do these things. And that's how we kind of developed it is, um, you know, for us, my interest outside of chiropractic is helping reduce chronic disease, right? So preventable chronic disease, mm -hmm. right? And the only way that I think we ever get to that is through lifestyle habits and doing all these little things right. And so yeah. that's where the pillars came from is that, you know, like we're not ultimately healthy if we don't sleep well and if we're missing some supplementation, but if we don't move or exercise or we can't, you know, bend our spine or joints a certain way like all of that is going to affect you in 5 10 15 or 20 years so we try to put that all in like one place so it's always evolving which is why we're always putting new content in there um but i feel like it's a it's a great resource for people that's great yeah super super yeah. important so yeah well yeah thanks for sharing about that um, yeah. Very last question, just a quick one. Um, so Absolutely. someone's listening from, you know, Hawaii or Denmark or like someplace far, far, far from where we are. Um, and they're thinking yeah. like, oh my gosh, like that Dr. Plotsky sounds like a really brilliant guy. And, you know, I've got a chiropractor and um, I'd, you know, really like to get Dr. Plotsky's input on my case. Um, do you offer any kind of like long distance consultation service, uh, anything like that? Or 
um, any any options? We're starting to. Okay. Yeah, we're starting to. So, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, email, as you know, is very difficult and it's time consuming. So, mm-hmm. I find for some people, um, we are now just starting that process of, you know, if someone emails or they they call the front desk, we try our best to like triage and determine mm-hmm. like, is this person I need to see? I do see people from all over Atlantic Canada, including flying in from Newfoundland. So not recommended like, oh yeah, just come for a day and I'll fix your spine forever. Like uh-huh. that's not typically what we are able to do, mm-hmm. but I do do yes. Phone consults with people like that. I try and avoid email as much as I can. Cause um, mm-hmm. you know, you know how time consuming that is as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, but absolutely if somebody, you know, if, it's, if there's something I can do to help somebody out um, we are, able to do some of that remotely i do some um again not diagnostic you know coaching or uh treating if you will but i do health coaching Mm -hmm. which is more like let's look at what habits you have in place and see what i might be able to do to help you out and i do offer some you know one-on-one coaching services but it's very limited because of just your schedule is like my schedule and as we were chatting before three kids that are active like there's not a lot of uh, room to do that stuff. But if I, if I can be of any help to somebody, I would certainly try. Fantastic. Well, that is great. Well, I'll um, put the, um, in the show notes, I'll put the, uh, Nova spinal care website, uh, URL on there. So if folks are interested awesome. in getting, getting in touch with yeah. Dr. Plotsky or Dr. Toner, um, you know, for some, some of my referrals, I'm like, just go see whoever's the first one available. And then in other yeah. cases, it's, you know, kind of, I have a bit of a sense of the, 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 you know, you each have a little bit of a different flavor to your practice. Um, it's my understanding, exactly. but I, you know, and they I'm know ne- that too, at the front desk, like right. they, they're like, Oh, this is a, this is a Jason person or, mm-hmm. you know, this is a Cindy person. And, and, you know, we just take whatever comes and it all works out. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, um, in all the years that uh, I've been, you know, either treating folks who have seen you or who you've referred to me, or I've referred to you, I've never heard a bad review once, which is pretty darn good. Um, so we've known oh, each other for quite there. a while. So. <laughs> well, they don't tell me anyways, I- I'm pretty intimidated. Yeah, exactly. So probably don't oh, say it, but, um, have no illusions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, anyways, I've never heard anything but good things. So yeah, I appreciate, okay, appreciate uh, having that. you yeah. as a, a colleague to refer to. And, yeah. and thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Um, is there any, oh, yeah. is there any, anything else that you wanted to cover today or have we uh, covered the ground? Well, not to well? cover, but just like as a mindset thing, I always love to leave people, you know, with the, the, the idea of possibility. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, if I get somebody who's super complicated, I'll often say like, I may not be the person, but I do believe there is a person, a modality, a combination, something that will make a difference in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And so I always encourage people to like not stop trying. Mm-hmm. So I, like, I hate to think of myself as the last person, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> because I really do feel that way that like how many people have you seen where they said, I've seen everybody. And then so they see so you and you're, the, you're one of the pieces or I'll have people that come in, they say, I've seen every doctor. And I'll be like, have you seen, and if they're local, like we can list them, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, have you seen this guy? Have you seen this gal? Have you seen this person? Have you seen this? I can make a list. They're like, nope, nope, nope. I'm like, well, then you haven't seen everybody, mm-hmm. you know? So, when, or if people come in and say, I don't know if there's anything you can do to help me. So I really do try and focus too on people's language, right? Cause I think that that's important that we have to really address the mindset. And I'm gonna, you know, that's part of my book as well as like addressing that for people. So making sure that they have a mindset for healing. 
and to, to never give up. Right? That's a great message. Yep. And I talk about the same thing with my yeah. patients too. So on the same wavelength, which is great. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. uh, thank, thank you so much again for your time. And uh, my pleasure. Yeah, really, always a pleasure. Anytime you want to do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Great. Well, uh, thanks okay. everyone uh, who's tuned into the uh, podcast episode and we'll leave it there for now and um, take care. Okay. Thanks, bud. Thank you. You too.